Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, Angela Alberti. Okay, thank you everyone for joining us today. I am super excited for today's show. I'm going to be interviewing somebody that I admire and respect. Dan, go ahead and give us an introduction of yourself, please. Hi, uh, Dan Jones. Uh, I own actually two staffing companies. One is IT Resources, and the second is RNA Partners. One is awesome. in the resources in the technology field, and RNA Partners is uh, RNs primarily nurses. So you guys are in IT and healthcare, kind of a great spot to be in, at least at this time. Good stuff, Dan. So what are the things and themes that I've started with, with all of my interviewees during the podcast episode is the round of fire and ice questions. And we call it the fire and ice questions. It's just to put you under a little heat, but also to break the ice and get to know you a little bit better as a staffing owner. So Let's start off with something simple here. Where are you originally from, Dan Jones? So uh, grew up in Iowa, um, kind of all over in between, but born there and graduated high school in uh, in Iowa. So Iowa. Hawkeye State. And Hawkeye. Oh, is there a city out there that you're from, or it's a town? Uh, I yeah. bet. Yeah, Cedar Falls, Iowa, is where I uh, graduated okay. high school from, and uh, nice. University of Northern Iowa is in uh, Cedar Falls also. Awesome, awesome. Okay, good old Midwest boy. So what's uh, one thing that most people commonly wouldn't associate with somebody like Dan? What's some surprising fact about yourself? Aside Um, aside from you like liking to ski a lot. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a little video out there of of some of my skiing escapades. You know, I've been in athletics my whole life. So, um, you know, that's, that's just a big part of my life. Um, Ran the Ironman, you know, 20 years ago now, I guess that's something that I I haven't advertised and uh, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know, but uh, yeah, in 2001 ran the uh, Florida Ironman. I can't believe 2001 was 20 years ago. It's kind of weird, but okay, (laughs) cool. So Ironman athlete. Uh, okay, what about this one? Who is somebody that's been a great mentor for you in your life? Um, you know, I, I have to go with, with my dad on that. Um, I've, I've literally had a, a front row seat to um, seeing my parents live the American dream. There's, there's no question in my mind about it. Um, my dad was the uh, first person in his family to ever go to college. And, um, you know, the way, the way I grew up in, in my youth, uh, you know, young, five, 10 years old, um, life definitely changed. And it came through yeah. persistence and hard work and personal growth and, and all the things that are available to us here in the States. Mm-hmm. 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. I think both you and I share that same sentiment with having our parents be our greatest mentor. So very cool. So one of the questions that I've asked, you are probably my seventh uh, podcast episode now. Uh, 
and anyone that I have had the chance to interview that's been part of the staffing and recruiting space, I always love to hear about how you became part of this very interesting industry of staffing and recruiting because no one ever grows up and says, I'm going to be a recruiter. So how did it find you? Um, you know, I, after, after college, I had the fortunate experience of, uh, playing professional baseball and, uh, five years into that, um, I got released and had a, uh, very short stay in the banking industry <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Um, but, uh, but had a, a friend that I, uh, had been a roommate in, uh, in college that had gotten into the staffing business and he referred me to uh, the same company here in the, in the Tampa area. He was out in Phoenix at the time and uh, you know, started my career there and spent five years uh, learning the industry and then, uh, and then started up business with a, with a partner back in uh, 2001 with IT resources. Wow. Wow. So you were, you're part of the staffing industry the bigger company for five years, and then you totally went out on your own. So most of your experience in staffing has been as a small, medium-sized business owner and entrepreneur. Interesting. Hundred yeah, percent. Had had that uh, had a great partnership for uh, you know five or six years, and uh, towards the end of two of oh uh, six, uh, bought that partner out, and um, you know have yeah. And so I've had it as a, a solo business, uh, you know, for the last 15 years. And then RNA Partners was just founded uh, two and a half, almost three years ago. So we're coming up on three years here in a few months. And uh, and it's been a great run. You know, all the, all, you know, the the new and shiny thing and all that. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun learning that industry. And you know, and again, very fortunate to have a, a couple great hires in, in that organization to, to lead it and grow it. So. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about RNA and IT resources. I mean, you know, you mentioned that you guys are primarily IT for IT resources and nurses for RNA, but you know, what does your staff consist of? Are you all primarily a direct hire? Do you guys have a lot of workers out there out on assignment at any given time? What does that look like? Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because it's so different between the two companies. Um, IT Resources is probably 80, 85% local Tampa area business. Um, we we have had people on occasion, temporary assignments in, in many states uh, around the country, which is how we originally met uh, when you that's were right. with, uh, that's right. that's right, with a, a payrolling company that uh, helped us manage our out-of-state employees. and. Uh, so almost all of that business is driven by local relationships and, and you know, being part of the fabric of the community. And um, RNA Partners is almost 100% the opposite, uh, where at least 90% of the business in that, in that business is outside of the Tampa region. It's almost all remote recruiting. Um, and of course, the way it's been the last year, uh, you know, with COVID, it's... Uh, it, yeah. we never, we, you know, it certainly, there were interruptions in the market and, and, um, you know, certainly some ups and downs that, uh, you know, that caused disruption in, in the business, but, uh, mm -hmm. we've been very fortunate. So overall, the way the thing's been last year, we've really fortunate in both businesses. 
Yeah, and I was actually going to ask you a little bit about that. Tell us about how y'all navigated through COVID and this incredible year that we all went through together. And we know the impacts that it had on staffing. And you know, I can't tell you how many you know colleagues I've had call me and say, you know, just customers canceling on recs and you know canceling on contracts entirely. How did you guys navigate through that whole entire year? Yeah, it's um, you know, I, I guess the I wish I could say something besides lucky. It's I really feel like we've just been incredibly lucky to have the right customers, the right partners. Um, you know, some of the, you know, we certainly had business partners or or co- companies we did business with where their businesses were under pressure. Um, loss of customer base, mm-hmm. loss of revenues. And we did what we could to, to be flexible. You know, and if they really needed to keep people, flexibility in rates, you know, changing uh, the deals and the structure of deals mid, midstream, uh, you know, and really to be a business partner to them, to, to do what we could to uh, make sure that they could make it as well. Um, but, uh, you know, just, in, in the technology business, um, that business is probably 80, 90% contract. And um, right. we, yeah, we actually had a lot less uh, interruption or it was a much smoother uh, curve, a lot less interruption. And, mm-hmm. and all I can credit that to is we just, we were in businesses and, and in organizations where there wasn't a big impact. Um, we, we don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for example, restaurants, we don't have a big restaurant footprint in our, in our customer base. Um, you know, Florida theme parks, we don't have theme parks as mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. big, a big part of our customer base. Um, so there, we didn't have big, big ups and downs on, on that side. Um, the, the nursing business is really the exact opposite. Again, battling with the local and, and not local, but it's mostly permanent placement. So 80, 90% of that business has been perm placement. And um, it was very, sorry about that notification, thought that was blocked. Um, <laughs> that was uh, very irregular. We had a, a, a number of interruptions, starts and stops with customers, hospital systems that um, you know staffed up early March, April, May, we did a bunch of hiring and then li- ri- literally went radio silent, went to zero in, uh, wow. in the third quarter, uh, mm-hmm. June, July, August, September, and, and literally did no hiring. And um, it, was, it was some uh, uneasy times, you know, and we, and we saw competitors close offices around the country. It, there, was, there was one... Uh, shop here in our area that had 20, 25 employees, uh, recruiters and sales staff and shut down the entire office. So just wow. just, just shut it down. Um, literally went wow. to zero. Yeah, it was, it was you know. Well, I have to wonder if they took advantage of some of the resources out there with PPP and things going on to help at least offset some of the losses that businesses have been having. Well, and they, and they couldn't. I mean, if you cut an entire staff, that's, you know, right. that's programs where, um, you know, you had to maintain a certain staff level. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been 
you know, again, uh, very lucky, very fortunate. And, and in the RN business, um, you know, the fourth quarter, it was very busy. It was, as, it was as busy as we've ever been. So, you know, <laughs> extremely going into, going into this year. Um, so, but there's still, there's so much unknown. You know, there's so many things that, uh, you know, what's next or how's it going to play out? I mean, I, I don't have a crystal ball. We have, we have no idea. And uh, right. I guess that's, right. you know, that's part of the risk I accept as an owner that um, that's just part of it. Yeah, I think that economic uncertainty is really facing everyone um, across every single industry. But let's go back to, to you. And, and if you had a magic ball, right, if you could talk to young Dan, you know, five years out of the staffing game, looking to start his own business, you know, partnering up with his buddy, going into business together, what would be some of the lessons learned? And maybe for anyone else out there that's listening, that's looking to start their own business. I mean, we've seen a huge influx of new companies starting up and it's like this renaissance that the worker population is going through. But if you've got that young sales superstar at the staffing agency listening to you, what are some words of advice that you would give that person as they're looking into starting their own staffing agency? Run the other way. <laughs> <I'm totally kidding. laughs> no, it's, no, it, uh, it, it, it uh, I, I look back on that fondly in, in a number of ways. Um, just how, how much I thought I knew and how much I didn't know about what it took to run the business. And, um, you know, is some simple things, get a payroll company, whoever that is. Um, we, it's one of the very fortunate things that we did that we, we, uh, put a payroll company in literally as soon as we got the business going. And, um, I think it was our, our second year in business about the time we went through, uh, a million or 2 million in sales or in payroll. One of those years, um, we got a call from the IRS and the business partner had picked up the call and, uh, and they asked, you never me, want a call from the IRS. Oh yeah. I mean, can you imagine? And I'm glad he got it. Cause I wouldn't <laughs> be nearly as nice as he was. And, uh, they, they asked him to set a time to come in and review all of our payroll transactions and review our payroll. And, uh, and he literally said, we run that through paychecks, you know, everyone knows paychecks is national, national payroll firm. And, uh, and he said, I have that 800 number if you'd like it. And the guy hung up on him. Um, that's what he said. He said, the guy said, okay, thanks. And hung up on him. Um, what a great story. I mean, it's just, it, uh, yeah. because we just, it, uh, I can't imagine going through that. You know, I can't imagine if you know, mm -hmm. two or three years into business, if we would have had the IRS come in and sit with us and, and go through the books or sit down next to us with, you know, and, and go through QuickBooks to figure out how we're paying payroll and withholdings and all those things. It would have been a, it would have been a nightmare. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I think you bring up a good point because a lot of new owners don't necessarily understand the risk that they could be exposed to in the event of an audit or from a compliance perspective, a claim, you know, outsourcing it to people, you know, that know what they're doing and I can put the bill whenever that call comes. 
Right. So, so the top things there are uh, payroll company, CPA, and an attorney. Um, <laughs> you know, I look back on those times, you know, contracts, uh, you, know, any, you better have your taxes right. I mean, those things are so important. You're going to run yourself out of business. And of course, the hardest part to all that is being capitalized and, yeah. and, and having money to, to run the payroll. You know, if you're if you're a staffing salesperson out there and, and you're thinking, I'm going to go start my own business. Uh, what are you going to do when you win a five or 10 or 15 person project and you staff it up? How are you, how are you going to make that weekly payroll of 20, 30 or 50,000? You know, whatever it is. Yeah. And then be out it for 60 days. <laughs> and so wait, wait 60 days to get payment. At, at that, that's right. I mean, and, and that's in a lot of people, you know, and again, we were, we were very fortunate up front to have, to have customers that, that paid us in a very timely way. Um, right. And it was, you know, there were times when it was, it was hard. There were times when we didn't pay ourselves um, because we had to pay contractors. We had to pay the people that were, that were working for us in the field. And yeah. uh, that's just the way it is. When you're a startup and you're working on lines of credit or, or you know, we, we never really, Factoring. Uh, yeah, we never did that. We never factored from the beginning. Our goal was to try and cash flow it as quickly as possible. And uh, that came is, with yeah, a lot so of sacrifices. It did. It did. Well, and that's, you know, and that's, unfortunately, that was, that was the, the great part about, you know, the partner up front is that we were very much in alignment with, you know, we didn't ri- need to ride. We neither one of us need to drive a, a G wagon or or roll around in an Armani suit and do those things or a Rolex or whatever. We just that was we were very much in alignment with just making things happen and taking care of customers and doing it right. Um, so, yeah. And if you're going to have a partner, it better be the right one. Because <laughs> it can. <laughs> I've it heard can, of, I've heard a few scary stories. Well, we we all we probably all know people that have been divorced, right? And yeah. and if you think of a, a you know a business buyout or you know sale and purchase is any different with a partner, you're crazy. Um, it's 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 challenging. Those you know that's I look back over the last twenty years, and that was probably the hardest time. You know, navigating navigating through purchasing the company and 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 having employees and and having people come out the other side of it and, and wanting to be here. You know, we're an industry that, that people can move very easily, you know, even with non-competes yeah. and the enforceability of, of non-competes. If you, you know, go in and take business, it's still, you can still move pretty easy. I mean, it, until you steal business, right. it, it's, there's a lot of jobs out there, you know, and if you move from one industry to another, nobody cares. Nobody's going to follow you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, those mm-hmm. are the big ones. Man. Those are the big ones for sure. So I got it. It was, it was payroll, getting yeah. an attorney, getting yeah. a CPA, getting yeah. your funds so that you can actually capitalize or have, you know, a payroll department or be able to say yes to a 20 person project without losing sleep at night or as much sleep as night as you can. And it's still challenging. Literally, literally in the last uh, few weeks, I've spoken to somebody who was, mm-hmm. who was running their own business, 
who 18 months ago went into business for themselves. I mean, the, the person that we're talking to right now and she, you know, her words, not mine, she's figured out that she's a great salesperson, but hates operations, hates chasing time cards, doesn't enjoy worrying about payroll. I mean, those are all the things we're talking about that, 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 you know, because you're working for you, you're messing with their mortgage, their car payment, their kids' school. I mean, all, everything. You're messing with somebody's life if you're messing around with yep. payroll. And uh, oh my gosh, it's livelihood. You, yeah. you, people's livelihood on the line for you. And, and I think it's interesting because I was reading online somewhere. It's it's a statistic that always rings in my brain. But seventy percent of staffing startups don't make it. Seventy percent of them fail. And it's and I think it's because of all these things that you're mentioning. You number one, the capital. Right, lining up your capital, right? Understanding what you're exposed to from a risk perspective, having the ops in place or a team in place that's ready to chase the time cards, review the contracts, get the contract over to legal. Are we okay with this liability, this assumed risk? And then, you know, having everything up up to par at the end of the year when it's coming for tax time. I mean, there's a lot of things outside of being a great staffing sales superstar that you need to consider when you're going in on it on your own. Absolutely. And, and even after doing it for many years, um, you know, I, I, and I think we've talked about this at one time where, you know, many years ago I was on the way home and uh, after, you know, a day at the office and went, <laughs> thought I was having a heart attack and uh, pulled myself into the doctor's office. They ran an EKG. They did the whole nine yards um, put me through a stress test a few days later and only to, to realize that that, had, that that day I had pushed the button for the biggest payroll in the history of the company at that time. I was freaking out. I was having a panic attack. It was amazing how our body physically responds to the stress, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, and that's, and that's part of it. I mean, that it's you know, now the question is, are you selling to the right companies? Are you, are, you know, all the people, yeah. that, you said it, all the people that you have billing out for, are you going to be able to recover that billing in the next 20, 30, 50, 60, 80, 90 days? Um, mm-hmm. If you can't, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, um, and again, it, it's, between the the teams I have in here and the customers that we have, we uh, we've been very fortunate to do business. So let's with talk about that then a little bit more. Tell us about sure. your team and how you've been able to. I mean, I've spoken to several members of your staff. You've got a great team behind you, but how did you get to curating and and, and creating that internal, you know, infrastructure that you need to keep it going and. And then the customer base and the kinds of customers that you go after to help at least, you know, because I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of talk of, you know, certain, you know, staffing owners, they got the fortune 500, the fortune 100 guys, and now you've got the MSP and the VMS and you're looking at 90 days and you're giving a 38 page contract. So what are you guys looking for from a client portfolio perspective? So that's a two part question. Sure. Which one do you want first, the internal or the external? Internal, internal, internal. Um, 
internal um at the end of the day it's it's all about it, it always comes down to one thing and it's always integrity and you know and, and and then right behind that are people willing are they willing to work hard are they willing to do what it takes to win and 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 that's not a, and that's not thinking about it as the pitch side you know, or selling somebody or being some cheesy salesperson, but about doing what's right, no matter how hard it is, even if it means losing a deal or, you know, losing hard work that we've recruited on, is it doing the right thing for the customer and for the candidate? And I, I think right. sometimes, and I, quite frankly, that's why I've, I left the company where I started in the business unnamed when we started, because when mm-hmm. you know, my wonderful place to start, wonderful place to learn, and at the end of the day, I think there was a lack of integrity. I think the way that we were asked to run business and cut business uh, was not okay. Um, you know, right. get people started. Get you know, hey Angela, great news. They they want you to start on Monday. That's the good news. The bad news is I have to knock you back five bucks on the rate that we get. You know, it's just such a you know. I, that's just not okay. So questionable. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. It's, and there was nothing. Right. There was nothing legitimate about it, other than, um, you know, our office trying to get another five bucks in margin on a deal. And one of the things to this day, and I've talked about it in our shop more than once. That I remember being on a call in my first year in the business, and I think it was a regional vice president guy was on the on a conference call and said, hey, congratulations, guys. We had a huge milestone in the southeast. We had a million billable hours this week. Congratulations. Now, my ask is I want all of you to get on the phone when this call ends and we need to knock everybody back 25 cents an hour. And if we're able to do that, then that's an extra two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a week in, in contract spread. Um, so that's what we need to do. Uh, what a nightmare. I'm dead serious. Can you imagine? Are <laughs> you kidding me? That's it. Yeah, it's just. Which well, you wonder if that, if that type of thing would still fly nowadays. Well, even it was interesting because we went through this whole, you know, economic pandemic recession. It was such a still highly driven candidate market. I mean, how, how would you even be able to? survive doing stuff like that nowadays. I don't see it. I don't see it. Sure. Well, and, and I'll, I'll give you, actually, it's funny you say that because one of our customers who I'll leave unnamed um, asked us to, you know, adjust rates and, and pull some of the rates down. And one of the things that we asked in that conversation is, uh, is the expectation that there'll be no impact on the contractor's rate? Or do we need to adjust contractor rates as well? Mm. And the customer said, absolutely no impact on contractor rates. So, you know, let's, for fun, right? Let's, we'll, we'll use some, some industry averages, right? Um, if it's a mm-hmm. $66 employee, that's a $100 bill rate. And the customer is asking right. for a ten, you know, a ten percent cut in the rate, right? Um, you know, so ninety dollar bill rate instead of a hundred. Uh, we know that one of our competitors didn't ask that question, 
went back and took the money from the contractors. Right. Yeah. And had their contract canceled because whoever their account rep was then in turn told the company that they weren't going to do that. So, you know, obviously, obvious integrity violation. You can't, you can't do one thing, say one thing and do something else. I mean, it's just, it, yeah. and when you, it's, 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 but that's, so, I mean, that's in the last 12 months. I'm a hundred percent sure yeah. that, that one of our competitors went to that company and said, no impact on the contractors and then cut people's rate. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Well, and it's all about, you know, you say it and it rings true integrity. And I think it just aligns thing will, things will eventually, if you, if you stick with it, things will eventually align with you as it should, like, just like it did under that example, you know, taking the time to ask about whether or not that's going to be it. And it seems crazy, right? Not to think about the employees or the contractors, but is that going to impact them and holding true to it? Right. And it turned out being beneficial for you guys. Well, and, and not that, yes. And so, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, over time, what, what we've managed to do on, uh, and, and more on the IT resources side, because it's a, you know, much more mature company right now, um, where it's just, we just have wonderful people that are part of the fabric of the community and that are just, you know, well-received and liked. By the people that we do business with and it's, yeah. and it's a relationship business and you know so that kind of crosses over into customers right where how do we how have we yes. the right customers how does that how does that match up um you know i guess on the front end there you at the start of it all you never know you never know how it's going to go um you know you engage like a blind date well i mean it is it really is i mean that's really a great analogy um, you don't know how it's going to go. You know, you don't know if it's going to be spinach in the teeth and, um, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> garlic I'll, bread I'll wait for dinner until I disappear at the end of dinner for, you know, ever. Um, right. <laughs> but that, that happens, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, uh, interesting how, uh, literally there's, there's two agreements that, uh, that we're on, and I'll just say both Fortune 500 companies. And one of them is, um, you know, net 20 payment terms. And we work our tails off and we do a lot of work for that company and they've been a great partner. And there's okay. another Fortune 500 company who <laughs> we're on. And the payment terms are net 120. Jeez. I will definitely leave them unnamed because it's probably <laughs> one of the worst customers that we've ever worked with. We're, you know, we've had things happen where, you know, yes, we want, we want Angela to come work for us. Uh, we'll get back to you on a start date, run background check. And so we, you know, get a commitment from the candidate, working on the start date. A day goes by, a week goes by, and uh, we went with somebody else. Uh, huh? You just told us to 
Okay, I'll just I'll just take the seventy five dollars in time that I gave to this person to set their expectations and yes, shove it. <laughs> just terrible, you know. And to the point, wow. in, in, in one occasion with that customer, uh, and, and they're all over the country. Uh, the person, one of our, so that happened to one of our folks to the point where it lasted a day, it lasted a week, and uh, she showed up at the front desk. She started the front desk, you know, the corporate office, the front desk, and said, "I'm here to start. I'm I'm trying to figure out what my start date is." <laughs> I I have to love. Now, unfortunately, she wasn't in sales because she would have been hired immediately. Um, <laughs> Don't you just but, love uh, the bureaucratic nuances that take place with some of the customers, right? And that yeah. it, uh, they didn't, they didn't appreciate it. And yeah. uh, you can probably guess how much business we do there and how much time we spend right. on that account. Right. It's just, it's, uh, right. it's respect, you know, total. Mm-hmm. Well, total it's knowing where to invest your time in too, as well, right? total lack of respect for other people's times, you know, other people's time yeah. for your, you know, is that, is that a business partnership? You do what we tell you to do or else right. it's, that's a, that's a tough one. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, you know what, believe it or not, we're coming up on time. Um, I think I've got just a few more questions. Fire, fire around. Me. Fire around. All right. I'd love to hear this one. Funniest candidate interview story. You got anything funny that you could share? Naked guy. <laughs> Absolute, no question. Naked guy. Uh, naked guy. Had, naked uh, guy. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is gonna be good. Okay. It was almost exactly a year ago. Um, you know, before before pandemic. So, you know, with with uh, the technology business being mostly local, most of our interviews are in person. And the recruiter set up a Zoom interview with somebody and dude showed up on the interview and it was like, you know, no shirt. And <laughs> guy recruiter, at least, you know, it was a little, not quite as awkward as it could have been. And uh, the recruiter was like, whoa, whoa. He's like, bro, what's a Zoom? You're like, what's? <laughs> you know, Skype, video. Got Skype video man what are you talking about and uh and the guy's like oh well and the recruiter said well i'll give you a couple minutes to throw on a shirt you know and the guy's like no i'm cool like this if you are you're good you're good i'm good it's like, <laughs> <laughs> at least he was confident in himself and his abilities well we're almost you know and i say naked guy we're all you know we don't know he didn't stand up but our intuition is, is that he actually was in the buff because he was totally. Well, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, if he's good with it, you're good with it. There's a reason why he's he's good with it. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, I love that question because you see so many, you, you hear so many horror stories, funny stories. All right, here's the, and here's the last one for us. Okay. And, from your take, right, what do you think is the biggest misconception of the staffing industry? Kind of deep, huh? Well, and that's, you know, it's kind of like jokes, right? Uh, jokes are funny because they're usually true. Um, 
as, as much as somebody might be offended. And, you know, the, the biggest misconception, um, you know, every, maybe, so I'll go with every recruiter is only in it for the money, right? Yeah. Are older recruiters that are only in it for the money? 100%. There's, there's absolutely no question in my mind that there are some recruiters that 100% are only in it for the money, that they don't care. They don't care about the candidate. They don't care about the customer. All they care about is the check. Um, and those are usually the people that don't last very long in the industry. Um, so maybe that's, so maybe that's the, uh, you know, the call out or the, the, the what to notice uh, for any candidate yeah. that may see this is, is how are you treated? How are you engaged? Do people listen to you? Do they care about what you have to say? Um, are they direct? Mm-hmm. Are they evasive? Do they return your calls? Um, you know, which is which is hard. Our our industry is you know it's high activity. It's a high touch, high activity business. And if I don't have an opportunity or a position for you right now, I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time. You know, telling telling right. you. You know, and then it's just about managing expectations as quickly and as respectfully as possible. And sometimes that offends people, um, which they have every right to be offended if they want to be. And so it, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, uh, you know, when you're, when you're compared to used car sales and, um, you know, any other sales job out there that, uh, you know, it's usually not the biggest compliment in the world. That's our way. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's right. That's right. Well, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure to interview you today. Um, I guess if, if you want to give a quick shout out, if people want to get a hold of you, I mean, you've got a pretty avid following on LinkedIn, but I bet, I bet that's the best way to find you is, is on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan Jones, Tampa, Florida. Easy to track down. As crazy as that may sound, there's, there's. I know we've got recruiters and staffing companies listening, so they'll, they'll be able to find yeah. it. Yeah. Dan Jones in Tampa. <laughs> that was pretty easy. So. <laughs> awesome, Dan. Well, thanks so much for your time. And we'd like to thank our audience as well for tuning in. Catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed on ivypodcast.com and all major podcasting platforms like Spotify and iTunes. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes.